What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Nobody will ever know that that was recorded. That sounds so <laughs> live. But I have, a que- I have a question for our guest, David Moore, who used to be in the open. Oh, uh, here we go. We're, we're doing we're doing the traffic direction now. <laughs> you know what? What is that anyway? I I want to know, David. Do you feel bad? That opening stinks. Because you're because <laughs> you're not in it anymore, right? Oh, our, our good buddy Brian Ellich, our producer, he's the one that came up with that one. I think it's fabulous. You know, I did, I do miss your uh, uh, eloquent uh, tones there in the in the intro. <laughs> what David. the hell is the name of this so thing? Eloquent. Yeah, yeah. That was I didn't true. drag anything down. Yeah, that's great. So we do need to re-record this though because it's no longer the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. It's it's the what? It's the Dak Prescott. Wow, podcast. wow. It's we're, we're Dak Mania. David. Give us the DAC yeah. temperature this morning. Well, at some point, you would assume he will have to suffer the indignities that are visited on other rookie quarterbacks. You, you know what, David? You, I listened to you this morning on the ticket. You had that line written down. Well, if you would have read the paper, you would have read it in the paper. As well. <laughs> so. I think that was his lead in the paper, the Monday Dallas Morning News. Since we're in the political season, my understanding is you're supposed to say the same thing over and over and over again to make sure people get it. It was his so, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, he's just, uh, it, it, what impresses me most about him, too, is he, he's doing it in different ways. Uh, they have, this was a vastly different game plan offensively than what they had in the Washington game. Uh, you, you know, in the Washington game, you saw a lot of the, the play action where he would roll out and throw on the move, uh, what they call the, the boot and waggle, if you will. Uh, you didn't see that in, in the Chicago game. What you saw was they went to a lot of empty sets, and uh, Brandon George at the Morning News charted it, and they went into nine empty sets in that game against Chicago. I believe that completed six of six passes while he was in that for a touchdown, something like 94, 97 yards, and then ran a uh, three other times and picked up a first down on, on two of those runs. So that was a look they really hadn't given defense as much. So now San Francisco's defense is going to look at these first three games of tape and see three distinct, distinctly different games and what the play calls were and how they were executed and, and what the style of offense was. So that's going to present some problems for defensive coordinators going forward on just what do you latch on to the key being he's been successful at whatever it is they've decided to run out there. So uh, it's really putting uh, defensive coordinators in a bind. And he has been, for, for Jason Garrett after the game last night, to acknowledge that 
Dak Prescott was better than envisioned and has exceeded expectations. While that doesn't sound like much for any normal person to say, you rarely ever hear Jason Garrett say anything what? about like that about a player because it acknowledges that you had expectations for a player and they went above them, and, and Garrett just doesn't acknowledge that. The fact he did it last night shows that he's blown away by what this guy's but, done in his first three games. But, David, shouldn't we tap the brakes a little bit? That Chicago Bear team was, is – Defense was so awful yesterday, and it's so injury-prone. I understand the Baylor Bears are now trying to schedule them for their season opener next year. Well, that was oh funny, Kevin. Gosh. Look at me. I thought you were going to say that they were you know, going to sue them for using the Bear no, nickname. No, but they were so bad, Baylor would like to play them as a non-conference game, a non-conference game next year. But, but <laughs> shouldn't we take that into consideration, David, that that was a really bad team they beat yesterday? I think we should take into consideration how flat that joke fell, first of all. Yeah, there you go. Secondly. Oh, believe uh, me, the Baylor fans, Baylor fans out there will be <laughs> calling and will be tweeting. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm glad you, you'll yeah. get that uh, no support. <laughs> but, uh, you know, th- uh, well, sure, and, and it's early in the season, and, and people, you still don't have a really good read on who the good teams are yet. Uh, but you can you have an idea of who the bad teams are, and, and Dallas has won two games so far, and they're against two teams with a combined record of one and six. So, yeah, from that standpoint, there's no need to get overly excited about what you have seen here. But but I will say that uh, you know I think a lot of people, myself included, going into the Chicago game was you know Dallas should win this game. Uh, Chicago is, is not a good team. Uh, they don't set up well defensively. Dallas should be able to run on them. Uh, all the things that unfolded in this game, but I don't think there was a sense of, of Dallas was going to be able to dominate a bad team from start to finish. And you, don't, you haven't seen that a lot lately. In fact, you have to go back to the end of the 2014 season uh, to see Dallas take control of a game from start to finish the way they did last night. David, let me ask let me ask you this about this team and, and what it's doing under Dak Prescott because we saw all the problems that veteran quarterbacks had last year winning not only just winning games but just executing the offense and here Dak comes in and from the get go he's done very well uh, so how much last year the complaint was that the, this offense was Tony Romo's offense and it was very difficult to get these guys coming in to play like Tony Romo so. How much different is the offense this year for Dak as opposed to Tony Romo? They, they have put some packages in to suit what Dak does well, and, and they've done that and incorporated it into the overall offensive scheme without altering their offense, if that makes sense. It, it's really been an extension of what they do offensively. It hasn't replaced what they do offensively. Now, the reason they've been able to do that is because Prescott's been surprisingly good at staying in the pocket, going through his progressions, and running the offense the way they want it run. Uh, His ability to do that allows them to extend the offense and do some other things that that fit his skill set and still feel good about the fact that, look, we're we're keeping our core offensive identity in place here. Uh, We're just widening it and tailoring it to to what he does well. But our our basic offensive philosophy – remains in place and that's been the 
the most surprising thing, that, that a guy who came from the system that he did in Mississippi State and the spread has such a good feel for the pocket, has such patience in the pocket, and is able to be as accurate as he is staying in the pocket without going out on the run and, and improvising and, and doing things in space. And as, as he's mentioned and, and other his teammates have mentioned and the coaching staff, that comes from his uh, obsessive preparation. Uh, he goes through these situations. He understands it. He processes it. Uh, the the slow, methodical approach to getting it done. He'll he'll take on the practice field and do it over and over. And, and at times, we'll ask the, the coaching staff, "Hey, I didn't like how that last uh, how that last set went in practice. Give me three more. Uh, I, I want that same play three more times. I just didn't have a good feel for it yet." And we'll go to, to offensive coordinator Scott Linehan and. and and not demand, but say, look, let's do that again. I, I don't feel right with this. Uh, and takes the initiative on himself to get it done. And uh, you, you've seen the results so far. And it's been, again, this was a guy they felt maybe two years down the road you have something. Maybe. Now they're looking at this guy after three games and going, oh, my gosh, what have we found here? Uh, you know, our transition to the future looks pretty good now. Yes, David, I agree with all of that, uh, but I do need to ask the skeptic question here, and that is, give me a criticism. I can tell by your tone. Give me a criticism. Three games in, give me one criticism of this guy. One criticism of Dak Prescott? Yeah, I'm not as certainly as as deep or well-versed in the NFL as you are, and from my perch and what I've watched of games, I'm yet to see something that, to me, stands out as, okay, this is something that's going to be exploited at some point in time. He is, um, he's, I don't want to say cautious in his approach. I mean, and I don't know that you can criticize a guy for not having interceptions in the first three, but but the other side of not having interceptions is uh, there are probably some Times you can take chances down the field that he hasn't done that so far. Uh, it's worked out because they've continued to move the ball and they've gotten first down, and, and they're winning the time of possession on such an overwhelming uh, matter. Uh, I mean, I think the next step is is he has not been as efficient in the red zone overall as a as a as an elite quarterback would be. But again, I don't know that any quarterback three games into his NFL career has ever been elite. So I think that's the next stage. He has to be more efficient uh, in the red zone and, and have a little bit better command down there. I, I know you didn't watch the game on TV, but I did. And when Chris Collinsworth said, basically said, he reminds him, Dak reminds him of Roger Staubach. I mean, that, that is like going to the Mount Rushmore of Cowboys, Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. Is, is that an over-exaggeration? Well, I think three games in, I think anything's an, an exaggeration. Well, but he, he just said uh, it, he reminds if – he didn't say he could replace yeah. him. But. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a stage. I, you know, I've heard Roger Staubach. I've heard, uh, if you want to put it in more contemporary terms, I've heard Russell Wilson. If you want to put it in slightly less contemporary terms, I've heard Donovan McNabb. Um, the, the, the bottom line is everyone – this is the fun thing when you see a guy kind of emerge before your eyes and develop is you kind of imprint, okay, who does he remind me of? And, you know, some of the comparisons 
people are making now, I don't know that they're going to be the people you hear him compare to by the end of the season or even next season. And look, there's the other factor here. How many games is he going to play this season? Uh, because you still have Tony Romo coming back at some point. And, and I know we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, that there's going to be fascinating to see how this quarterback tale plays out over the rest of the season. But, you know, everyone's still trying to get a feel for Dak and, and what he does and, and who he compares to. And so you're going to hear a lot of different comparisons. And I think there, there are glimpses and elements that maybe compare to Roger or Russell Wilson or Donovan McNabb. But over time, you're going to see which ones kind of filter through and which ones, you know, have uh, which ones sustain and have staying power and, and which ones don't as far as comparisons go. And that is, is but, speaking uh, of comparisons, David, now, uh, because we look, we look back here, and, and, and let's get a little more contemporary, we look at RG3 in his first season with the Redskins, in which he was tremendous. Exactly. Uh, and, he was, yeah. and, and Andrew Luck, for that matter, I mean, as, as, as good as Andrew Luck has been, his career is flagged a little bit now, and a lot of that's because of some really serious injuries he's had as well. But you and because say, he likes getting he likes getting hit. Yeah, he likes getting. Well, he is. He's a little crazy. He is. He, and, and, and seriously, that is one of the problems with quarterbacks. Why thank you for sacking me, sir. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, he's, he, he takes on people, and so did RG three, and that was that was some of his problems. We haven't seen that with Dak yet. We haven't seen any craziness. As a matter of fact, I think one of the things that you said earlier that, that uh, kind of piqued my interest was when you talk about his, his caution. And it is the one thing, and, and, I, and I, what I like about him is he said, when I go through my progressions, I look for the first guy open and then I throw the ball to him, which is, you know, sounds very simple, but that's not what all quarterbacks do. Sometimes they get a little, uh, get a little crazy and they want to gamble for a little bit more. I would say in Dak's case that, that just what you said, though, is also accurate, that he needs to, to, to let his guys, especially a Des Bryant, fight for the ball, Get him the ball when he's not. It looks like he's not in the open. You go ahead and give him a chance to outfight the defender for the ball, and that will be to me the, the the true test for him down the line. Some point when the teams are better that they're playing, uh, and to be able to say, "I'm going to give my my uh, my guys a chance to win this game for me." I agree, and you have you have two things coming up here that we're going to see over the course of the next four weeks, three to four weeks, uh, as far as Dak Prescott. One, they're going to start playing better defenses. Uh, Cincinnati's coming up. That's a very good defense. Uh, you, you know, Green Bay uh, throws a lot of things at you defensively, a lot of different looks. Uh, they, they can make things very confusing out there. Now, not only are you going to play better defenses and schemes that throw more at you, but at that point of the season, defensive coordinators are going to have more tape and a better feel for what it is Dak Prescott does and doesn't do. Uh, you mentioned quarterbacks that had a big impact their rookie season, and then you haven't seen them have that sort of impact since. You know, a lot of people will point to injuries on that uh, with Luck and RG3, and, and that's legitimate, obviously, and you could argue it's the biggest reason for them tailing off. But there's also the factor of defensive coordinators getting a feel for just what it is those quarterbacks like to do, how they read, how they throw uh, you know, just what they do best and taking it away from them. There's not enough tape on Dak out there yet at the NFL level for a defensive coordinator to bore in the week of a game and say, okay, we're going to take this away from him. Well, let me ask you uh, this. There, there's some things, you know. What, what, what about his offensive line? You know, Tyron Smith didn't play yesterday. When, when do you expect him back? When would you think he would be back? Next week? 
Well, since the Cowboys thought he was going to play in this game, uh, I guess you would operate under the assumption that he will be back for this next game. They, okay. they were surprised that he did not go. His back, lacked, uh, his back locked up on him in practice on Friday, and they expected him to play Sunday against Chicago, and he was just unable to go. So the anticipation is he'll be back for the San Francisco game. And what about uh, Collins? Uh, you'll have to see on that. Whenever you have a, a, you know, a toe injury, sounds like it's no big deal, but when you're that big and you have that much force dropping down on your foot and you're planning, all of that directs toward the big toe, and I believe the big toe is what's sprained. So that can be a very dicey injury. That one, I, I hate to say, it's not as significant as any Tyron Smith injury, but the. But the drop from Lyle Collins to Ronald Leary is much less than the drop from Tyron Smith to Chaz Green. Is, is, it, is, it, is it possible that's not even a drop from Collins to Leary? I think, I think Leary is more consistent. I think Collins can be more dominant and has a higher ceiling. So, from, so if you're talking game in and game out, right. you can argue that it, it, it's a push or if you take a three- or four-game sample size, that Leary may actually be more effective for you over that sample uh, because he's more consistent. Uh, but uh, you, you don't have the tremendous upside that, that you do with Collins. And you've seen Collins just dominate uh, players at certain times and, and get things going. So, uh, but, but Tyron Smith, you know, this is the interesting thing. You had no Tyron Smith. Uh, against Chicago, you lost Collins as the game went on, so you were without two of your five starters, and collectively, it was the best the offensive line has played this season. Yeah, now, but they... you don't want to extend that. You, you, you're not going to say that's going to carry out over the course of the season. You want to get these guys back. Uh, but for one night, uh, they stepped up, and I think a lot of that was look going into the. Going I think a lot of it was game, that they were playing the Bears. Yeah, that had a lot to do with it, sure, and. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of the emphasis going into the Washington game was, look, we've got to get the ball to Des Bryant. We've got to get him untracked. And you saw that happen. I think the offensive emphasis going into the Chicago game was, we're going to run the ball. This offensive line has to live up to its expectations. We, that's where the focus is this week. And, and even though you were without two starters in that offensive line as the game went along, I, I think you saw uh, the, the emphasis and the focus going into the game played itself out into the game as far as them having their best performance. All right, now, David, we, uh, we, we saw them. Uh, we hadn't even talked about Zeke Elliott uh, uh, finally having his big burst it's amazing. on the scene. We're three hours into this podcast and yeah. haven't even it talked about Zeke. It just feels Zeke. like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't even uh, talked about is that, is that we he, – Believe it, me, it does. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, so he has his big breakout game that everybody's been waiting for. How much of that was because – the Bears going into that game were 20th against the run, and how much of it was because that, uh, as you noted earlier, that Dak, well, they were asking him to do a few different things, and maybe these teams are having to respect Dak a little more and not just load up to stop the run. Oh, they're, they're respecting Dak more. You, you saw that yesterday. And, and this is not a good defense against the run, Chicago. That's why everyone was pointing to this game, saying, well, this should be the game that, that Ezekiel Elliott gets on track. This is a good matchup for them. Uh, and so, you know, I don't want to minimize that it came against a, a defense that's not good against the run, and I would argue that, you know what, they're going to face a lot of other defenses that aren't that good against the run as the season goes along. 
there are a lot of defenses in this league that aren't strong against the run because there are so few teams that run the ball persistently and consistently well uh, that just hammer away. So m- most of these defenses are built to stop passing games, not the rushing game. So, you know, Dallas has kind of gone against the offensive curve from that standpoint. And so I think they're suited to, to catch a lot of teams that, that are, aren't that strong when it comes to run defense. So I don't know that we should take off too many points for the fact that they did it against a poor Bears defensive unit that, that's not good against the run because I think they're going to face a, a lot of defenses that aren't that good against the run this year. David, uh, I'm going to interrupt you here to uh, bring a little bit of uh, stats into play. Um, just notice this on Twitter. Uh, this morning Uh, we are raving about Dak Prescott's play and that has been great Uh, the Cowboys have it will have a what I assume will end up being a showdown for the NFC East lead what in week eight against the the Eagles is that correct yeah where you see Carson Wentz go against uh, Tony Romo yeah so we (laughs) we expect that 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 Tony Romo will will that be Tony's first start (laughs) there's a good chance it will be yes you can't be serious. Do you think if th- that they would start Tony Romo on a Sunday night against the Eagles, a team, a- a- if-, if Dak is-, is-, is at the level, continues at the level he is, they'll just bent da- bench Dak? Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. I'm, not ask- I'm, saying. I'm asking the expert. Yes, I'm yeah, saying yes. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. David, David, that was intended for you, David. Who might argue with Evan? Yeah, well... He's told me before. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what do you think, David? Will, will Tony Romo, when he is healthy, will he be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? Yes, he'll, he'll go back in and he'll start. Um, the, with, I mean, there. Look, we'll, we'll have to see how this plays out. I mean, if if Dak continues to play the way he has, and the Cowboys continue to win games the way they did against Chicago, that's then you're bringing a different dynamic and, and, and conversation into when Tony Romo returns. Uh, but, again, you, you guys talk about these, these are the wins against teams that aren't that good. After they, after they play Cincinnati and, and Green Bay here uh, and have a road game with San Francisco, uh, go on the road and play Cleveland, Let, let's see where this team is. Well, this, and, uh, this, team plays, yeah, this team plays at San Francisco this week, and then they are home against the Bengals at Green Bay, then they have the off week before the Philadelphia game. That would seem to be the perfect that would seem to be the perfect transition for Tony. And I Kevin and Barry, are you guys do you guys have any feel that, that Dak Prescott would not go to the bench? I mean I think everybody here, including including David, is is of agreement that Are we talk <clears throat> are we talking about what they are going to do or what they should do? What they are going to do. No, I don't think there's any question that that Tony comes back. Well, uh, from that standpoint, they might they might not want to bring him back. They might want to give him another another. Oh yeah, week yeah, yeah, yeah. If they because now like, there's no rush to bring there's no there, rush. there's no rush to bring him back. But you've got that extra off week to prepare him. Right. You know. Well, so, but then you could have another for him if he doesn't play against the Eagles. That's an off week for him. So that's another. You would want to see him playing in practice and be, and be no problems. Everything everything's fine and he's going just fine. To me, the but not only to me do I think they that he will play. I think he should play. I, I think to think that 
that right now that Dak Prescott is better than Tony Romo, I think it's foolishness. And, and to sit here and say at 2-1, and one, having beaten an atrocious Chicago team, a bad-looking Washington team, that you can make absolute determinations about who Dak Prescott but, is, I think is unfair. But, but Washington been, did not look atrocious yesterday against the Giants. Well, until it got down to the end of the game. And, and Eli Manning. And Eli Manning. Right after they, right after Troy had given him such a big pat on the back, and you do not want to see Eli Manning at this point. No team wants to do that. And then he throws a terrible interception. Two, he threw two terrible. And, well, he did. And yes. David, when I, where I was going with this whole thing is as well as Dak Prescott has played, and this is no, this is certainly no slam on Dak Prescott, but the Eagles here have their own. Slam, here comes a slam on Dak Prescott. No, the Eagle, the Eagles have their own rookie quarterback who's putting up all kinds of crazy uh, accomplishments in his first three weeks. Wentz is the first rookie in NFL history with a TD pass and no interceptions in each of his first three games, and so he has he has certainly taken that offense and and directed it very well too. You've got two very good, very impressive rookies in this division right now, and I think that's what's gonna what's gonna separate the race between the teams. I think clearly what needs to happen here is that the Cowboys must trade Tony Romo to Cleveland for a first rounder and a fourth rounder that becomes a third rounder. That's what the Eagles did. They traded, they traded Bradford to Minnesota, got a first-rounder and a third or fourth-rounder. Everybody thought they were tanking the season. They put Wentz in, and he's better than Bradford. Well, well Bradford's having a pretty nice season in Minnesota. Yeah, but it, 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 what would you rather be, though? Would you rather be the Eagles and, and having the first and the third-rounder to come out of that and not having to pay uh, Bradford what he's making, which is an exorbitant amount of money? David, are you still there? Come in, David Moore. <laughs> yeah, I, I just ran a, I just ran a couple of errands. Ah, <laughs> David. Or David, would you rather be the Philadelphia Eagles and simply have gotten rid of Chip Kelly? <laughs> well, here to go back on the whole Prescott Romo. It, there's no question that Tony Romo is going to come back and resume his starting job once he's ready. The question is. At what level will he be able to perform, and how long will he be able to remain on the field? Those are the questions with Tony Romo going forward, not whether he could or should get the job back when he's ready to play, because I really don't think that's much of a conversation. But, but David, that's don't, going to happen. But, David, who determines when he's ready? Jason Garrett could say he is, we don't feel he's ready yet. He, we don't feel he's ready yet. Uh, you know, and that oh, you're saying that he would be lying about that, though. David, Jason Garrett would never lie, steal, steal or cheat. Yeah. Jason Garrett also is not going to turn away from Tony. He's not he's going. Not. He's not. Oh, going to I know. I, let me guess why? Because they because they both went to uh, Duke together uh, to watch a college basketball game. Who said that last week? Did somebody say that? Somebody did. No, no that's not the reason. The reason is because. But that Jason, is one of the reasons. Jason Garrett was a quarterback. He loves quarterbacks, and he loves Tony Romo. He loves what Tony Romo brings to the table. And listen, I don't have a problem with any of that argument because here's the thing: people make the argument. Well, if he loves Tony Romo, maybe maybe he doesn't want Tony Romo out there getting hurt. Oh, um, stop it! Oh, but, no. it, it, but here's the thing about about when people talk about well, Tony will just get hurt again. That's not the point. The point is not what happens to him. The point is is. Okay, will they play as well with Tony? Yes, I think they will. When have we seen Tony play when he was healthy that the team didn't win recently? David, how many play? How many? David, David, are you okay, David? Were you just attacked by a guard David? dog? Yes. David. Release the hound. Okay, da- David, <laughs> were there plays yesterday you saw? You saw? Sore. You saw? Where the heck are you from, I'm pal? From New York. Uh, that you saw. Uh, uh, Dak make that you go. Tony could never have made that play. 
Well, yeah, several. But but again, he's he's a different player at a different stage of his career. That yeah. that one yard touchdown run where he was hit about eighteen times. Oh my gosh! Which, uh, he, he exposed himself a bit too much on that one, I would say. Um, you know, again on those empty sets where where he looked and saw and, and took it up and ran for seventeen yards. You, you don't see you don't see Romo make that play anymore. But but the thing that's that's been you know Dak ran more in the Chicago game than he did in the previous two games combined. And the thing that, uh, one of the things that has set him apart early here is that he, even though he came from a spread, he's not looking to run. He really is looking to pass, and, and he only runs as a last resort. And, you know, talk to him about this in the days leading up to the Chicago game, and it's like, well, you look, you really do look reluctant to run. You look like you only run when that's, when there's no other option available for you. And he said, look, I'm a quarterback. I'm not a running back. Uh, I'm going to go through everything uh, before, before I get out there. And then he also talked about, I've also seen what's happened to other quarterbacks who came from the college system uh, where you know, they, they were used much more as runners and the beating they took and what that does to their career. So he knows his long-term prospects are not aided by him getting out and running at the first available opportunity, even if he's going to get a, be able to get a chunk of 17, 20 yards, uh, that over the course of time that is not best for him and it's not best for the team. So he, he just displays an, an incredible amount of, uh, of patience and, and understanding of the game and not just the moment, as Jason Garrett likes to say, but how it fits into the, the overall scheme of things. David, uh, thank you for uh, the Dak Prescott, and uh, we did w- work in a little bit of Zeke Elliott, so it was it was almost a, it was always a Cowboys visit with you. It wasn't just a simply Dak visit with you. And um, next week you will probably have. Are you on the red eye back from San Francisco? Um, I will not be making the trip. What did you fail your drug test again? <laughs> I believe we're saving money for uh, Rangers playoff coverage, is what I was told. Okay. Wow. So, well, so you, I, I, you, I you have will made... be instantly available for the podcast next week. There's no excuse. Well, there would be an excuse if I didn't answer. But uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll, but you'll watch, you'll, you'll watch the game. Um, so we will book well, you. I'm... We'll book you for Monday morning. <laughs> you don't. You didn't take the red eye like I did last night. Oh, poor Evan. Here, here, get the oh, violins out. Evan no, is. No, no. And we are going to, uh, listen, I, I know you need to, uh, we're going to have you on for our next podcast about the loose dog situation in Dallas, um, <laughs> because obviously you're dealing with that right now, so. Uh, the dog is loose in the backyard. I don't know if that qualifies as roaming street. We're going to let you go and, and deal with that feral animal. David, thanks. Okay. Thanks, David. Oh, oh no, thanks. Thank all three of you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sense he said that because he couldn't remember our names. I sense sarcasm. Yeah, my yeah. sarcasm meter is is going off the chart. Oh, and there he Talk goes. See you guys later. See you, David. Off into the backyard to rescue the hound. Um, Kevin. Yeah. What would you like to discuss? Well, you know, I, we didn't talk about anything. We had one Zeke about- Elliott comment, and then we had, uh, and then we talked about uh, Dak the whole rest of the time. Oh, we didn't talk about the defense. I thought I, I thought the defense played pretty well. Well, let's go against, no, against Brian Hoyer, and that's I mean, it, you, you faced Brian Hoyer and Kirk Cousins the last two weeks. Yeah. But let me say this. 
But why are you so dismissive? Kirk Cousins I'm, beat the Giants yesterday. Who beat the Cowboys? The Giants beat themselves. Oh. Um, at this point in time last year, three games into the season, yeah, Cowboys were a minus three in takeaways. Yeah. This year they're plus two. Okay. They haven't created a whole bunch of takeaways at this point in the time. The quarterback also, hasn't turned the ball over. But they over haven't right. turned the ball over. But right. they're on the plus side. Right. The thing for me that stands out is every time the Cowboys defense at this point in time holds opponents to field goals, to me that's essentially a takeaway right now. I think that this team right now is playing just like it did in 2014. This is what they wanted, and this is what they're getting. You're not getting any kind – you know, the quarterback is, is managing everything very well, and I'm not – that's it's not a term of derision to say he's managing it, but he is. He's doing a great job. He's not turning the ball over. Driving the bus is he's what dri- you're saying. He's, he's doing a little more than driving the bus, but he's doing a very nice job. This is everything you could have possibly hoped for from a rookie hey, quarterback. You, it is not an indignity – to call a quarterback. I think you a, meant an indictment is what you meant. But. Indictment, indignity. <laughs> hey, he was on the red eye last night. He was night. on the red He's, eye last night. Li- no, it on. is not an indictment. It, it's not to say a guy's a good game manager. No. The great quarterbacks of of the last two decades and before that were great game managers. That goes back time Well, forever. I think it goes back to Troy Aikman. What well, it the goes quarter- back before, I mean, it goes back before but that. But what, the quarterbacks, what quarterbacks do in this generation now is they have the ability to make plays when they need to. And it's it's a judgment thing. That's still game management. Okay, sure. My progressions have not opened up. None of them have opened up. I've got to create a play. I've got to make a play. Well, that's what I was saying about about Cole Beasley, who's become the most important receiver in the history of the Cowboys. Uh, and and you know, and, and bless his heart, when he took that shot yesterday, he, I thought I, th- I thought he was he's done for the year. Oh my gosh! There is a hysterical gif of that shot, in which Cole Beasley is hit, and then. <laughs> You see Cole Beasley's little body fly off the screen, then fly back through the Washington game. Then the next shot is at, like, the Civil Rights Rally in 1964, <laughs> and then he's flying back through some dinosaurs. Oh, wow. See, that's th- those are technological <clears throat> things that we do in this generation, Barry. We in this, say this we, generation? We in this generation? <laughs> are you kidding How me? old are you, Evan? Much younger than both of you. Oh, my that, God. Th- that does not make you young. Yeah, it does not make we you this We in this generation. Oh, my oh, God. That, but the point is. Barry, when I say gift, you think it's something in a box. I thought with it was a, a gift. Yeah. I, thought, I, thought you, I thought you mispronounced the word. But the point is, we go back to the fact that the time of possession in this game, the Cowboys just cranked it up, right? And so you're keeping that defense off the field. You know, Rod Marinelli's defense is built around, okay, I don't have any stars here, but these guys give me maximum effort. I, I rotate them in, they give me maximum effort, and you, and these guys play pretty well. What happened last year, they were on the field too long. You're giving these maximum effort guys, now they're worn out, they're gassed, and that's when you saw at the end of the games people running the ball on them uh, and doing and, things you didn't want to just, can I, have. And yet at this point in time this year, their time of possession – is less than it was at this point in time last. Was year. it really? Yeah. I mean, it's me still. A, it, 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 listen, at this point in time last year, they were two and one and had two two good victories before the Romo injury. Right. But they are uh, through the first three games last year, they averaged thirty seven minutes of time possession. This year, they're averaging thirty four. So I guess the point is that they had Romo then, and they, they right, and that was when everything the wheels came off. After right, that. exactly. So, it, so they can do this. I, I believe that you know when, when they when we, when we but all they're talk, they're certainly following their that was their strategy last can, year with Romo. Sure, sure. Yeah. At the risk of being accused of trying to divert 
the conversation again. Can I Mr. ask about Traffic my? Cop. Can I ask about my second favorite Cowboy receiver behind uh, Gavin, Gavin Escobar? Escobar? He was what, talking. What about what about what about Terrence Williams? Wait a minute. Wait, he wait was, a minute, Evan. Shh, he Evan. was talking. Shot. Kevin Popola. and I were making Shot. points. Shh, shh, shh. Don't bring. Seven, shh. Terrence Williams had what four catches for eighty-eight yards? Is that, and, that the, and the fumble? And the fumble. <laughs> in which in which he see he can talk about. He this had the seven. ball in the wrong hand uh, as he was is running down the sideline. So, turned a turned a big play into a big loss that ended up be turning around into a. A touchdown. A touchdown for the Bears. Absolutely. So what what, what what's going to happen with him? Nothing will happen with him because he won't be back. Jason Garrett season. loves him. Well, he's a free agent after the season. Oh, they won't bring him back. But and right. you're looking and for the the short term, you're also looking at possibly being without Dez for a couple of weeks with with the knee sprain. And, um, we, and we've seen how he performed in that role as the number one, which was a disaster. Which, which which was not good. No, no, it was a disaster. And and he's I don't think he's a very good receiver uh, when you. When you factor in everything, he's not what you would call a big play guy. He no. he has made some poor decisions here in in the first two in the first three weeks of the season. Uh, if a better if a better uh, guy comes along next year, I think they they turn in that they they certainly look to turn in that direction, but they may not have that opportunity. They've not done a good job drafting wide receivers. When was the last time they drafted a good wide receiver? Dez. 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 That was pretty good. They did pretty good on them, but that was a first round pick. Right, and and see that's my problem is is that when even when we've talked about draft, you know, obviously they did a great job in the fourth round this year, right? But they, you know, it's it's easy to draft a good player in the first round. They need to find a wide receiver. They need to have a, a wide receiver for one thing that'll stretch a defense, right? You know, that Terrence doesn't do that even when he's when he's playing well. And what we've seen is that is that Terrence is is good when uh when the defense is soft when they lay off of him, he'll come back for the ball and and he's and he's pretty good at that. But when the defense comes up and confronts him, you know, and then in a press coverage, he's not nearly as effective. He's not going to win. No, he's, he's not going to win. He's not going to win balls. No, so so it's a it's a real problem. And for me, you know, going forward, as great as Cole Beasley has played, that hit he took is a perfect example of why it is going to be really difficult to expect him at this rate. He's he's made how many catches? You, Mr. Stats. Uh, oh, look at Evan. He, he does. He does not have this off the top of his head. No, he's the I'm only one who brings was, a laptop to. to this I believe he's on a, on a pace to catch about eighty balls. I, I'm sorry, I was back on the time of possession thing. Let me. Uh, 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 let me give but, you but, the stats. In his defense, he he bounced back. I mean, well, he bounced back, but I'm not. I'm not literally a, bounced. Yeah, bounced. I'm not taking a shot at that guy. It's unbelievable. He's about five eight. Yeah. You know, weighs about 175 pounds. Beasley leads the team with 20 receptions. You know, there, there, there was a lot. There's a lot of Twitter commentary uh, last night about uh, when Collinsworth compared him to the small receivers in uh, New England, and the people up in Boston did not like that. Well, people up in Boston can go take a flying leap. But, wow! But but, Are you but pre- is, you're in preparation for the Rangers playoffs already. No, I you? mean, but but if you're looking at the kind of receiver he is, prototypically, I mean, the same body, same same body type. He's certainly not as accomplished at this point in time as Julian Edelman is. Or, or I, I think if we look those guys up, I think they're a little thicker than than Cole is. Cole's Cole's not big. I mean, not only is he short, he's 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 little, and and so that's he, he's. Done phenomenally well considering his size in the NFL. I, I would bet you he's one of the smallest wide receivers. He may be the smallest wide receiver in the NFL. And I just think that you're taking when he's taking direct shots, that's not good. And, that, and of course, he's going over the middle. All, and where, where and where do you get the most direct shots? Right over the middle. And that's where he always is. And that's where and that's where, frankly, you know, Dak Prescott knows he can find him. 
You know, he's the one receiver. On the, now, he runs beautiful routes. He, he sells his routes as well as any receiver in the NFL, I think, you know, when he, when he makes his cuts and his moves. And that's why he's always open. Uh, but it is very dangerous traffic in there in the middle of the field. So I, I, I think it's going to be really tough for this team to continue to put him out there at a rate where he's catching seven balls a game. You know, that, that means that he's going to be you know, doing my math here, but that's going to be close to 100 catches this year, right? I believe it's over 100. Over 100 catches a year. It's 110 catches a year, whatever it is. Evan, uh, Evan's doing the math. No, no, what no. What is no, it, I, Evan? I'm just looking up. Um, uh, 107. Edelman is listed at 510 and 200. Uh, Amendola is listed at 511, 190. And Beasley's listed at 58, 180. So, but you, but you yeah. know you can't go by listed. listed but even at that, though, that's 20 pounds less than Julian Edelman yes. is. Evan, if I was on the pounds. Cowboy roster, I'd be listed at 180. No, you wouldn't. Be. No, you wouldn't. They might put you in for Ron Larry if he had to go down. Wow. That, look at, look at, look at The nastiest thing you've ever <laughs> said to me. And you've said some nasty things to me. I have. That wasn't nasty. You're a, you're a strong guy. No. Yeah, you're a block of granite. No. <laughs> you have been Lombardi. Yeah. Fordham, no. seven blocks of granite. So, the, so my point is, is that but I do know this where is going to be difficult is, for the them to, to keep throwing the ball to to Cole Beasley and expecting that him to hold up. I mean, that's just a right. lot of exposure for a guy right. his size. So, you know, they're going to have to develop somebody. They're going to. I know they tried to get the ball to Bryce Butler in this game, and that that didn't work out so well. Uh, I I keep feeling like that Bryce Butler is is a guy that they need to explore, frankly, because they don't have anybody else. Right. But also. I, I'm don't you think they've tried to? Well, they have tried to, but not. They don't target him nearly as much as they do Terrence Williams. And, and I'm not. And, I, and you know, one of the complaints about Bryce Butler was that his route running when he right. when, when they got him. I would also like to see Lance Dunbar get more into the into the flow of the passing game. Now, there's a guy a little thicker who, and, and very good after the catch that, that I feel like. You know, why don't they try him in the slot a little bit every once in a while? I, I don't know if he's incapable of that or not. I just think that that. That he fits that mold to me of what you would want from that position. That's all interesting. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. I appreciate that. Do we need to wrap this up? I think we do because because producer Brian is like falling asleep. He fell asleep. He fell asleep. He's rubbing his eyes. He's got a he's got a big mark on his forehead for when he hit the keyboard. <laughs> it's, it's, Evan, can we go now? Can we be dismissed? Barry, you're the traffic director. All right. What other? What else? Okay, if I'm the traffic director, I'm going to ask this question to you, Evan Grant. What big names, other podcasts do we have going this week? I don't know, Barry. What did you arrange? Well, oh, we, we want it. Brian is signaling me. You, you sit with your back to Brian so you don't have to look at him. Brian says we have to go. We, we can't even tell everybody what the podcasts are. We can't you know tell we're having is? Tim Brando. And uh, just Evan Grant on the baseball podcast. Just Evan Grant. <laughs> okay. This is good stuff. This is how it works. Barry, don't say anything about the other podcasts. All right. I'm not going to say anything about Tim Brando and the baseball podcast. All right. Wrap it up, Brian, is, is signaling. Please. Kevin, this has been a pleasure, Barry. It's been a pleasure. David. I hope you survived that attack by the. You know, my, dogs. my favorite thing about David said was when he, he talked about how we talked so long and then he had to go do something first. Yeah. And I wanted to just say I went and reparked my car. While, oh, while every okay. Let's not bring out the <laughs> the internal con- conflicts here. The eternal conflict. They internal. are eternal. They in, are eternal conflicts. In, internal. internal and eternal. Internal. So All right. Well, goodbye. we we will be back next week with um, more Cowboys uh, Dak 
Prescott, maybe some Zeke Elliott talk. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.